curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. While I've had the opportunity to follow this guest for a number of years, I hearkened to a page in the book from Mr. Mark Schaefer called Known, who described Antonio Centeno in this way. Antonio was a proud officer in the U.S. Marine Corps for five years and returned home after the Iraq War and realized he had no marketable skills. Today, he runs some of the most widely recognized men's fashion sites on the web. He's a sought-after speaker, a literal YouTube star, an author, and a founder of his own national style conference. His website, Real Men Real Style, is home to a global community of thousands of men, each dedicated to their own personal successes, and I'm proud to say I've been a member of that community for quite some time now. Antonio is a tough interview to get with that amazing travel schedule of his, and I'm thrilled to welcome him to the show. Hey, man, what's going on, Antonio? Hey, Roger. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's uh, like You asked me that question in the lead up to the recording of when do we schedule this thing, and it's literally that difficult to get you because you are so in demand, so I appreciate you taking <laughs> some time to spend with me. Well, I think you know that's part of the illusion is that uh, I, I seem in demand because I, I guess I'm just really careful with who I give my time to. And I've only got a couple days a month that I even open them up for any type of interview. And then of those couple days, it's only usually in the afternoon, sometimes the the mid morning. Uh, Simply, you know, I've got four kids. I've got a wife that I want to spend time with. I've got other things outside of, uh, of talking with people and doing the whole business thing. So, uh, so I try to, I, I guess that's what, what does make it a little bit difficult, but, but hey, it, we're talking now. So, huh. uh, in the uh, uh, Bert Wonderstone, keeping the illusion going, good for you, man. Keep it, keep it up. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, Antonio, yours is kind of like the quintessential modern social media success story to me. I mean, you pivoted from being a, a, a product pitch man, you know, with your uh, your suit business there early on, 
you really kind of pivoted now to one where you're devoted to sharing knowledge. And upon completion of that pivot, you know, that's really when your career took off. So there's a lot of people in the promotional marketing industry that are attempting to do something similar. So since you've been so successful in achieving that objective, I'd like to focus our conversation on that journey and what it's meant for you. So you okay with that being the context for our discussion? That sounds great. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. So I grew up in... um, territory sales. So I I used to sell office equipment. So I kind of literally had a geographic map of my sales territory and a box of business cards. And this was pre-internet. And my introduction to sales was a kick in the butt out into the marketplace. And I was told I couldn't come back until I had some appointments. So, uh, and certainly there's nothing wrong with using that tried and true knock on doors, wear out your shoe leather, you know, see every potential prospect in your territory method. And I know there's still a lot of people out there that are um, using that approach, and there's definitely still a place for it uh, when it comes to having a focused effort in your sales mix. You know, and you certainly got that, you got started as a product salesperson via a tailored suit, but we're in an age now where so many people are producing content in an effort to be seen as an authority, right? I mean, that's the whole topic of Mark's book, Known, is you know, the whole idea of putting out content so you could be seen that way. So, do you see that? territory approach versus content approach is that an is that an either or or should it be seen as complementary well you know i I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say either or i'll go with the complementary uh type of uh approach to it but i i guess you know the, the question is you know a lot of people are maybe looking at getting started in this or they're like okay i don't have maybe much of a presence how can I get started? Have I missed the boat? Because, you know, when I started on YouTube back in, you know, technically I registered and started using it back in 2007, but I really didn't start putting up videos till about 2012. It's like, oh, that that's six years ago, which in the internet time seems, seems forever. Uh, I will tell them that, yes, you know, things are, have changed. Uh, there's a lot, like you couldn't follow the map. I followed All right. and get to the same place. But what's cool is the landscape has changed for everybody. And I still think that there is more opportunity out there than there has ever been because there's more people online. There's more people looking for leadership in every industry. And it's just a matter of you finding the platform that works for you and for you being not only authentic, because you're going to hear that a lot, but also be willing to go deep. Uh, the reason I think that there's still opportunity is you're right. There's tons of content from Gary V to, to Mark to all these guys talking about people building a brand. But what I find is there's oftentimes not very deep information. Just the other day, I'm, I bought up a whole bunch of new digital cameras and I'm wanting to get very specific videos on how to use these digital cameras. Oh, like a, basically a user's guide. Right. And there were only, you know, there's, there's millions and millions and millions of videos on cameras on YouTube, but there were there were like two or three videos that actually fit what I was looking for when I went looking for for this particular camera for this particular guide. And there was only one guy that I actually liked the way he did it. He presented it. Uh, so that that's just one example of when you go deep with content. There's oftentimes no competition there. So if you're you know anyone listening, if they've got a deep expertise. That maybe they like. I was talking to a, a young woman the other day. She special, special specializes on where to take good photos in Wisconsin. Oh, Not only Wisconsin, but Central Wisconsin. And 
So that's a very particular niche. I don't know of how profitable that could be, but I do know that because she staked her claim in that particular area, in that niche, that she could probably take all of the state and she never has to worry about competition from sure. Minnesota. Because anyone looking for that, I mean, it's, got, it's a whole territory thing. You know, she's got this territory and she owns it. And if she, if she goes deep, she can dominate that niche. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just, as I was listening to you just describe that, first of all, what an amazing patch of land to be photographing. Uh, central Wisconsin is beautiful. But yeah. um, when you think about how specific that niche is, I mean, you're exactly right. And um, there's so, so much opportunity when it comes to finding that specialization. But even in our industry, I'd say in promotional marketing, one of the bigger bigger debate topics has become this notion of, is it still uh, worthwhile to be considered a generalist or have we passed that threshold point to where generalization really won't allow you the opportunity to be seen as an expert? And I think that's a lot of what you're saying is you, you have to f- develop your expertise to determine where that space might be for you to find that foothold. Yes? Well, I, I find that the going after of expertise is just simply a it's perfecting your craft and it's learning what i notice with successful business people successful athletes success and my daughters they all ice skate it's very similar i mean you put in the work you go through the rapid and you don't but you don't practice like the wrong thing you've got to first walk your way through what you're going to do when it comes to ice skating it's actually you know very difficult uh and then they slowly get better they've got to have courage to try to do these leaps and it's the same thing with business whether and that's why i find i just connect with any type of business person i've got a friend up north of me uh in antigo wisconsin and he has a YouTube channel on mowing lawns. He's got a lawn mowing service. Yeah, who would have thought? But you know what? He's killing it. And it's something that if he were to tell his audience, and again, he's just riding around on his mower. He's got his little mowing company. They, they also are down in Florida because they escaped the winners and stuff Smart. from Wisconsin. But it's it's crazy that he can recommend these like okay if you want to go buy a zero turn which if you're familiar with mowers that's like really high end sure. like riding lawnmower yeah and but he any zero turn he recommends his audience is going to buy and that's what he's going for and and the clout but but kind of getting back to you know the, the similarity between athletics and business i find that all business is is very similar and i always think in fact i'm looking for an amazing generalist to help me run my company because that's what I feel I am. I'm a jack of all trades. Right. I do my video. I, I read my content and I, I edit the content. I manage my team. I am the janitor as well <laughs> you know, in my, my small office because there's I don't really have a local assistant now. She she's she's not around. Her, you know, but but it, it's just one of those things that yeah you've got at a high level you've got to be a generalist. But when you're getting started. I think you do need this. You've got to specialize down because most people aren't starting off as the CEO or, or at that high level. Yeah. Um, they, they've got to be able to get into that specific work as well. Yeah, for sure. That's 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 very, very wise advice, my friend. And congratulations on being able to uh, spin all of those plates without the help of someone actually sitting next to you in the office every day. I know that's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well she uh, hopefully will get that. I, it's just I live in a small town. Another, uh, you know, just everyone's got their their issues. Everyone's got their problems. So they just get a little bit, I think, 
better, you know, better problems is your business grows and it makes more money, but everyone still has issues. And mine is I live in a town of a thousand people and it's hard to find good help. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. So I want to talk about uh, a notion of something that I've coined the personal brand stack. And to me, um, there's elements of this that are pieces and parts of what those of us who are, are trying to produce and uh, share content are having as as a like re, uh, ingredients in the recipe of like a stew, if you will. And so when I talk about the brand stack, I look at it from the perspective of you know at the very basic level, there's the production of content, so articles, blog posts, podcasts like this, that sort of thing. And then you marry that with a social media presence. And I, you tell me if you think I'm right on these. I, I took a quick look of across your social assets and you've got almost 110,000 people following you on Facebook. You've got 87,000 people on Instagram. You've got this LinkedIn group that's got about 7,500 people. And then you got massive Twitter following of 25,000 people. So you've connected, you've built a bridge between the content that you produce and those channels where what what I believe to be the case is typically what's being talked about on Facebook will differ somewhat from what's being talked about on Instagram and so on and so forth. And yet you've been able to find a way to spread your content across those channels in a way that's achieved reach. And then from there, you know, you start to add in some of the higher level things like becoming a speaker and getting involved in speaking engagements. And then for those people who have been successful enough to do it, you know, literally like becoming an author. And when I say become an author, I'm not speaking about creating a blog post, but literally like having someone pay you for a book, right? So, and then even from there, there's uh, what you've done, which I really feel like in a lot of ways is kind of the holy grail of this brand stack, which is being able to create and execute on a successful conference where you're actually able to motivate people who are following you to spend money and travel to come be involved not only with you and what you have to say, but with the community of people who uh, are sharing philosophies and enthusiasm for the content that you're creating. And by the way, I do apologize for not being able to make the Atlanta event next year. I'm hoping that maybe 2019 will be different and I can come hang out with you in person. And then sort of lastly is this notion of personal consulting. And so to me, like that represents from soup to nuts, the personal brand stack. And there could be other things. So I wanted to first ask you, like, would you add or subtract anything from that list as I've presented it? I would say that not everything that you've laid out is truly important. And I like to zero in and focus in on, and it's different for every person, you know, because social media is going to be more important, I think, for me as a, you know, building up a website that wants to reach a global audience. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, it's, it's good fuel to throw onto the fire. But I think for a lot of people, you know, they see something like that and like, oh my gosh, like, how can I build up that? Like that, that's like, it, it really, it, it almost looks daunting. And for me, what I focus, what I would say focus in on is figure out, you know, where you can add value and where you can, you know, make a profit. You know, you, it, we're, we're in business here. So you've got to be able to zero in. Like if I were to have to start over, I can tell you, like the LinkedIn group, I mean, it's cool, but it doesn't really do anything for me. The Twitter followers, we don't really get anything from, even though, I mean, it sounds like a nice number. It's good for, but but the reason that stuff, I leave it up there and because you just spouted those numbers, but, and, and brands look at that whenever they're wanting to come and advertise. Right. And in that case, 
someone, you know, it, that's where the value can be brought from them. But when I was building those, I did not know that necessarily, you know, that would, it would just be a, you know, part of my calling card whenever we're pitching, uh, working with a brand on, you know, multi deals, which we're already signing those for 2019 because brands can see, Oh, you know, they're, they use them as just like, as, as indicators that right. you're healthy, that your, your business is succeeding. But if you're just starting off and you're wanting to build, you know, your presence, you're tired of, you know, of walking, you know, and covering your territory of putting, you've got 20 years experience, but how do you, you know, start building that up? I would say, you know, zero in on where you can, where you're really good, where you can provide some value and where someone or a business is willing to pay for that value. Um, a lot of my customers, they are, the big brands that come in and sponsor with us. We've also got individual people that we sell to um, like courses so they can learn to be a better, you know, become a better dressed man. But for, for the person just keep building out their brand, they have to make a decision like, where am I going to be able to monetize this? Is right. it something I want to go speak and get paid to speak? And, and that's, you know, many professional speakers, that's what they do. And they share their experience. Other ones are going to go over and like, you know what, I'm going to consult. I'm going to go off and I'm going to charge companies, uh, you know, $25,000 to work with me over a period of a few months to, uh, to go in and help their businesses succeed in my particular, where I've got this strength. Um, so I, I guess that, you know, I, I like your stack, but I would also let people know that not everything in that stack is created equal. Um, for me, YouTube has been bar not like the more, our most successful platform. Uh, and people see Facebook and Facebook definitely, I think a few years back, we were having great success with it. And who knows where the future goes because Facebook watch. Uh, I've had, I have friends that they're making that something really big, but right now all of my like 80% of our resources that are dedicated to social media and, and things like that are YouTube focused and everything else we kind of, we give resources to, I've got uh, assistants in the Philippines that go through and they, they manage the groups. They keep them like kind of like in control. They make sure nothing goes out of control right. over on them. Uh, but it's just something like, and you may notice actually on Instagram, I don't spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, I bear, I just recently put it on my phone because it was never a top priority. It's now become a more important priority because Instagram, uh, you can now send people directly from there to websites using yeah. the swipe up feature. Yeah. So that instantly turned it on. But you know, one thing that we did there is we, we knew it had a potential. So we were always kind of planting the seeds, always kind of setting things up. So, it, cause who knows LinkedIn right now, just not a lot of crazy stuff going on there. I know for some, for some, in, for some niches, yes, but for most niches, LinkedIn is like, no one's paying attention, right. to. but maybe if you see something there and then, you know, in your industry, this could be very successful. And if you've got some insider information, like you're paying attention to what LinkedIn is doing and you spot things, then it may be something you want to spend more time on that platform to, to reach out and grow the conference. You know, that came about simply because we found that people did want to have an outlet. We, we met up at a bar with uh, me and a, a friend of mine, uh, Aaron Marino, who actually has a bigger following than me and uh, similar same space. Many people view as my competitor. We just said, Hey, like we sent out email lists or sent out an email to our list and we just say, Hey, we're going to be at this bar in California. Show up if you want. We had almost a hundred people wow. come out between the two of us. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was awesome. And then we realized, okay, and we had people that, that was cool. We had a hundred, but what was really cool is that people flew in from Canada, wow. from Denmark to like meet us at a bar. This was like not an event. This was just meeting at a bar. And then you realize, okay, when you, when you have lightning in a bottle, that's when you kind of double down on it and you say, let, well, let's, uh, 
let's nurture this because it's working. Right. And, uh, and that's, so whoever's listening out there, YouTube may not be your thing at all. And it may, maybe it's podcasting, you know, it sounds like podcasting, um, you know, Roger for you maybe has been something that calls to you that you, you enjoy. And, and that's a big part of the process of well, finding something that you enjoy. I enjoy YouTube. So yeah. for me, it was, it was perfect. And I was able to spend time on it, grow it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's lots of, lots of things out there. I, I know of a guy named Chris, uh, was it Chris uh, Gellibu? Uh, he's over at, uh, start of the conference out in, out on the West Coast, Portland. And uh, that is the, what is it? Uh, it's the thing that sells out. It's crazy. Uh, uh, it'll come to me here in a second. But him and Brett McKay, uh, who I worked with over at the Art of Manliness, uh, wrote a number of his articles. Um, he was talking about, yeah, he would just do the World Domination Summit is what it's called. World Domination and, Summit. Nice. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. But that conference like just sells out. It started slow. And that's what he went to. He, went to, he started off with conferences, wanted to do things like that after his blog started getting successful. But I mean, they sell out that conference like in a matter of like 48 hours. And that's like six to 700 people. They get out to that thing, if not more. Wow. And uh, you got to just love when you get a rabid community like that, that you find, hey, why they want to get together. And then you take that ball of lightning and, uh, and you run with it. Well, to me, the beauty of it is when you create a community around whatever the topic may be, right? Mowing lawns, hell, whatever it is. But when you can motivate that community to come together in a way that allows people to break down the digital divide and actually make human to human connections, to me, that's like we have we have a um, we have a, a specific software platform in our industry called Common Skew. And they put on this event called SKUCon, and it's it's exactly what you just described. And it's a sellout every year. And the people who are participating in it are very like-minded and very uh, similar from a community perspective because they're all using the same software platform. But nonetheless, like all of us that come away from that event, go 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 home, like marking our calendars for the next year because the, of the combination of content and community and how unique that is in the world today when there's just not that many opportunities for you to get to sit with you at a bar and, you know, actually talk to you face to face. So that, that's super awesome. So I kind of left YouTube out on purpose and that, and that was because I, I want to, I want to talk about that specifically. So, I mean, literally, like you said, Oh seven, uh, when you got going, but 12 was really when you really started to kick it in gear. But to me, man, it feels like you've been there since, the minute that they started YouTube, like you were a user too, it almost feels like to me. But and you know, by by virtue of your uh, penchant for it, for your uh, desire to want to be really good at it, you know, your your video production quality is top shelf. You've got a massive following. Um, but I would tell you, like for a lot of people, even in my community, this notion of making that jump into video has been daunting. And I don't know if it's equipment cost, if it's post-production that, you know, is standing in the way of people doing it. We've got a couple people in the industry who have embraced video as a, as a medium, but um, I'm wondering though, if, if there isn't a notion and, and you tell me, do you feel like there's a, there's a play for B2B selling using video or is it more, uh, is it, is it better for the B2C market in your mind? Well, I'll go back to your first question because I, I feel that it'll answer the uh, the, the second one. Uh, with the second one, the, an, the, uh, the answer is 
video is just friggin' amazing. And it doesn't matter if you're a B2B, it doesn't matter if you are a B2C, you are a human-to-human business. Uh, And video simply allows you to better connect with other human beings. It is, I have found one of the, besides person-to-person, people, when they meet me, they know me. And it's weird because uh, I, I, so my buddy, Aaron Marino, like, again, I mentioned him before he's big, his big, we go out together and I am happy that I don't get recognized sure. as much as every team. He just like gets recognized everywhere. And I, but I still get recognized. And it is every time. I mean, I went very good manners. You know, I was trying to be very nice, but I always think like, you know, they've got an impression of me. And it's just what they've seen in the videos. They don't know like fully who I am, but they know so much about you. Right. And the thing is, is that's trust. That's connection. And I'm always very you know, thankful and grateful that people watch and they support what I talk about. And I always, you know, that's, I, I try to be very careful with the companies I work with to make sure, because it's, it's a huge trust factor, but video just simply allows you to build trust and to get across concepts in ways that most other platforms cannot. When you're reading something, I love books. Books are like sharks. They've been, you know, sharks have been around for millions of years because they've evolved to a point where they're very good at what they do. Books get across huge ideas, big ideas that you need time to digest and really comprehend. But video is like that, that first impression. When yeah. you go up and you shake hands and you know you like somebody, You'll know on video, like you either like them or you don't, and you switch to another video if you don't. If you do, you continue to watch and get deeper into this video. You get into this person's life. And again, if this person, you know, if they're, I don't know, maybe they're selling speakers that look like suitcases, uh, you know, very particular niche, which I'm looking at one in my office, which I bought from a guy in Georgia. Absolutely love it. But, you know, he's, I wouldn't have thought that that combination would work. Right. But here he is. Like, I'm like, man, this dude needs a video channel because not only can he get across the visual of how cool this speaker looks in my office, but I would be able to hear it as well. We've got sound. We've got, we've got the, uh, you know, the visuals. We actually also be able to see the human interaction. We'd be able to see proportions, how big these things are when next to a person. Right. And video just, whether you're, you know, trying to do a demonstration, whether you are trying to just simply connect with this person so they give you two minutes whenever you meet them at the next the conference. And I've used video. Uh, so YouTube, people see that video and how I teach style. But what they don't see is how I use video every single day to talk with everyone on my team. I've got right. a team of 15 people around the world. I use video um, recording my screen. I'm usually in it just a bit. But to show them what I, the points I'm trying to get across, because I cannot type to save my life. I, <laughs> I don't want to spend a whole lot of time working on my company. So once a day, I get a you know I get a series of all the questions anyone on my team has uh, because I still engage with them pretty directly, uh, and then I go through and create a video responding back to everything. And this is like emails that people send me. We get about two to three hundred messages incoming a day. Of that, I only see about uh, fifteen. Like Antonio needs to see this. Most of them, you know, people got a style question. My assistant, Kat, Jamie, or Greta get in there and they they take care of it. They solve, you know, accomplish mission. Boom. That person's happy. They got their problem solved. Yeah. But there are personal questions. There are things that, and I see, but how would I answer 15 to 20 a day? Sure. You know, it just adds up. So I use video because it allows me to get across that information very quickly and, and pass it on. And people hear the tone of my voice. 
they pick up on, you know, the visuals. They can tell like when I get excited or when I'm like, ah, you know, th- this is something that should be handled at a, at a different level. And I've used video also to reach out and to uh, in- introduce myself to people. So you can send an email or you could send a quick little video email. Uh, those are really nice and really separate yourself from, from the, uh, from the pack. And if you can present yourself well on video, which most people can't when they get started, sure. but that's why you practice. Right. Um, and boom, there you go. Yeah. Not, not dissimilar from early podcasts of mine. Uh, I look back on now and just cringe over the production value and, you know, even down to the questioning. So, but you know, without having gone to the gym for the first time, you can't, take that journey that allows you to be the fit individual that you might desire to be at the end. So I, yeah, for yeah. sure. Totally makes sense. And, and, uh, nothing for nothing. I mean, the, um, tech tech today, I mean, my laptop has a video camera built into it. So if you want well, you to think about the most, you remember that, that water chat, what was that? The, the, where everyone poured water on their heads. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ice yeah. Bucket challenge. Yeah. Think, think about how much, Everyone that did that, everyone that shot that, were they professional photographers or videographers? Not I don't think, I mean, the vast majority were not, right. and yet it had a huge impact. It was able, I mean, people were just shooting video, having fun. Right. And I think that if that's what you would approach this as, and, and don't worry, my first videos suck. <laughs> and I look back on it, but they still got a lot of views sure. because- I gave deep information about men's style. Right. I stood in front of a screen and I simply talked right. and I gave away the best information I could. There were no edits. I mean, my wife, like I, all right, we cut the beginning of the video. We cut the end. There were no, it was me talking. That <laughs> is it. There are no explosions, no color. I mean, I look like I have jaundice on somebody's <laughs> yellow in some of my videos. And it's just simply, we didn't, I mean, we didn't know how to color correct. We did. We just simply knew how to upload the video. And yep. that's all you need to do sometimes yep. is just be able to upload that video and send it. Right. Totally. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And I'd love nothing better than to see our industry make a move towards video. And especially if for nothing else, if we did uh, product demonstration videos, like you mentioned, I mean, we are still a product first industry and what better way to convey the features and benefits of a product than allowing someone to see it. And it's less expensive than travel. So if you can do that in a way that is uh, entertaining and interesting to the recipient, then you have a, a better chance of establishing a connection, even independent of an in-person visit. All right. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And you, you give us all your perspective. Ours is a very dressed down industry. We are jeans and sweatshirts and sneakers and you know there's not a whole lot of three-piece suits going on uh with uh highly uh polished shoes anymore in in our industry but that doesn't mean that there's not still a space so antonio why is dressing well still important in business today so if a naked man runs into a room and says everyone get out of here what are you what are you going to do you look at him and say why is there a naked man standing <laughs> exactly exactly but let's put a fireman's outfit on him sure. what, what do we do so, you know, now it's authority right yeah we defer to authority sure and that is just very so that's an extreme version but uh you know hopefully most people haven't had to see a naked man running into a room screaming at them lately but <laughs> hey you know it's like but the point is is what you wear does have an effect and, and everyone in your industry may be dressing down and I'm not saying that you need to dress up. I am saying, though, that 
if you have a message and you want to get it across, why would you shoot yourself in the foot and not dress better? Now, better does not mean wearing a suit. I mean, you could even wear a suit and look bad if it didn't fit you sure. properly, if it was made from a poorly made fabric. And, it, you know, again, if it's not some, if it's, it looks like a costume. Right. But you can put together, I think, very well. First off, I was talking about my style pyramid, which is focus on the fit. Make sure that you nail the fabric, and the fabric is the build quality and go for the best that you can afford, and the function. Always wear the clothing that functions in the environment. So I would not wear a suit, even if I was a lawyer, uh, if I'm on a construction, sure. you know, if I'm going to a construction zone. Sure. However, if I am the lawyer that works for that construction company, I would dress appropriately because – I, there, I, there's an expert expectation of who I am and what I provide to this company, and I've got my own standards to send the message I want to send to everyone that, hey, I am protecting you guys from lawsuits, from litigation, and I'm making sure that everything runs cleanly. I'm an office guy. Yes, but that's what you hired me for. And, and, and again, it's the message you want to send. So – you know, that's what I would say with the clothing. Sometimes a suit is going to be appropriate, but other times it's simply going to be a really nice pair of jeans with some nice dress boots with a sweater. And that works. Always make sure, though, everything you put on your body fits you. Everything yeah. is the best fabric that you can afford. Um, and always make sure it functions in the environment. Well, to me, if we're talking about personal branding and if I reach out to you specific for a discussion about your personal brand – there's some intentionality there when it comes to the way that you attire yourself. And if you are being intentional about the rest of the components of your personal brand, but you're leaving your fashion out of it, it seems like you're not really bringing the fullness of the effort that you're trying to uh, present when you're meeting a new person, right? I mean, if I show up in ratty jeans and dirty tennis shoes, I'm not sending necessarily the message and heaven help that the person that is receiving you is driven by uh, looks or the way that you dress and you've missed out on a tremendous opportunity for something that you didn't even really give any attention to. So in that part of it, I think that's really what's vitally important to me. You know, the best advice I always give guys is first make sure it matters to you. So you got to really figure out like, hey, I know what I want to go after. And then you just simply set up systems so it becomes easier to dress sharp than it does to become, you know, to look like a slob. And I, I go into a lot of detail, as you know, on my channel. And I act funny enough, I've got about 10% of my audience is women. I've even considered putting together, uh, you know, a women's side. But a lot of the principles I talk about, and I talk about principles more than I talk, I never talk about fashion or runways. It's always about how can you dress in a certain way? that it's going to give you a leg up on your competition. So one small thing, wearing a little bit of the color red makes you more believable. People are more likely to trust you. I don't know why, but the scientific study is very clear. It's, you know, they actually show students of a video of a professor talking to them, one video, and he's saying the same exact thing on a video. He's wearing a red sweater. The other one, he's wearing all these other colors. Uh, sometimes, and the red sweater guy, everyone believes him for huh. some reason. I don't, we don't know why, you know, but we are, we are animals and, you know, it's the same way in which certain animals are drawn to certain colors. I've had a bee like would not leave me alone because <laughs> I was wearing this, I had a little bit of orange on and yeah. it's just like following me around. <laughs> we are drawn to things like this. And when you understand that human beings 
aren't too different that we we're like on cruise control. We're making all these decisions, not thinking about it. I mean, do you remember getting dressed this morning and showering? And it's like, these are things we walk through on cruise control. And uh, when you realize most people do that, then if you can leverage something so that it gets them to stop, it gets them to believe in you a bit more. when You've got something amazing to say, why not use that to your advantage? Absolutely. Well, there it is, folks. He's done it again. Wear red and be more believable and you'll sell more and you'll be more successful. So Antonio, as as we part ways today, before we say goodbye, how might someone interested best find your content? Where would you direct them? I just go to that big thing called the Google and type in Real Men, Real Style or Antonio Centeno. Well, you know, we've We've got so much content out there that if you type in like how to roll up your shirt sleeves, you'll find us. How to tuck in your shirt, you'll find us. I mean, we just pop up. <laughs> and I've got a contact form over at my website, realmanrollstyle.com. And just, yeah, just reach out to us. All right. Well, I hope uh, the listeners find some t- tips here in what we've shared today. And Antonio, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to spend a little bit of your day with us. You're welcome, Roger. Great talking with you. All right. Take care.